Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome indeed, yes, thank you very much. Hello, welcome, good day. I um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you listened to our Silent Hill 2 podcast. After uh, you, you, you tend not to listen to the podcast once they're released, do you? I was you? Gonna say, are you talking to me or... To, to you, to, to you. The Ho- hopefully right. the listeners listen, um, <laughs> fingers crossed. But you, you don't tend to listen to many of the episodes once we've um, released them, no. do you? Um, a, well, let sleeping dogs lie. Well, as it happened, um, we did a whole explanation last week as to why we'd been a bit patchy in a way. Uh, and when it came to the edit last week, I was so brain dead that I completely cut out my um, my voice section. And by the time I, I literally uploaded the episode, listened to the first few minutes to make sure it was okay, and then realised they were like, "Okay, so what have you been up to?" And then there was just silence for about two minutes. And I was like, "Oh, right, I've." Uh, I've cut out all my audio, so I had to um, I had to cut it back so that we, we effectively missed out that entire section. So, um, very quick update. We, we've been a little bit patchy as of late because um, we've been having a few things going on. I had COVID and then got another illness, and you've been moving house, haven't you? Um, Indeed, yes. So what I'll try to do this time is not cut out this section of audio. Um, well, you can do. Well, I can do, yeah, that's that's true. Um, but yeah, so you, you've been moving house and I, I, I complete on my property purchase and get my keys for my new place on Thursday. So the day of release. So we're both busy little beavers, aren't we? Yeah. Busy blobbies, some might say. <laughs> um, an early reference there to Mr. Blobby for the fans. That's right. For the fans. It's what, fans. For, for the fan. Um, <laughs> so single fan. <laughs> t- today we're going to be discussing... A um a follow up to a previous episode that we've done um going back a might be about almost a year I reckon um where we covered Civilization two so today we are going to be covering Sid Meier's Civilization four which was released in two thousand and five on the PC by Firaxis Games it comes in at number seventy eight on our list and has a meta score of ninety four percent so. Lower lower section. Um, I didn't actually check if this is higher or lower than Civ Two. To be honest, maybe I'll have a look at the. Oh, I've closed the document. Maybe I'll have a little look. I'll uh, I'll have I'll have a quick look. You, you have a butcher's. Right. So, yeah. Anyone that's listened to us for a while um, might have listened to our Civ Two episode. Um, there isn't too much you can say with these games, particularly with a second game in the franchise, because they are very similar from from what I played and probably so from what you played too. A good episode then if there's not much to say. <laughs> there's not much to say. So um thanks very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Cheerio. See you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's hard talking about games like this because with you know big budget AAA games there's usually like a different story or there's there's new gameplay elements, whereas with strategy games, uh, RTS games, turn-based strategy games, not much changes. They'll increase, you know, maybe the UI and add a few extra features, but they stay relatively similar. So, with that being said, 
I'm pretty sure when we discussed it for Civ 2, you said that you didn't have too much of a history with this series, didn't you? Yeah, um, zero history. Obviously, I've heard of the Civilization games. Um, just as an update to everyone, Civilization 4 falls below Civilization 2, but they both have a meta score of 94. So um, okay. there you go. Interesting. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're ranking about the same. I imagine their placement on the list just depends on when they came out, really. Um, if if they're if they're scoring the same, so yeah, you've you've got no real history with this series. So is this only the second Civilization game that you played? With the first being Civ Two. Yeah, so this is the second one. Um, I'm aware of their releases. I know that there's um, some versions out on current generation consoles. I think that's um, six. I think that might be six. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, that that that's the extent of my knowledge. Well, wow, that's that's bloody lovely. So, so same same for me, really. Um, we, just in we, just in general, that's the extent of my knowledge. That's, it, that's know all you know. Anymore. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you, you know a little bit about avant garde theatre, I believe, and a little bit about semiotics from our days at university. But other than that, it's just civ. Uh, I don't even know that anymore. No, nor me. I don't think I even knew that at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just just winged it. So um, yeah, similar similar to yourself, I've only played Civ 2 and now Civ 4 for this podcast. I mentioned previously that I'm not I'm not huge on strategy games. Um when this came out in 2005, I was playing a lot of um Star Wars Galactic Battleground Saga, which is a which is a strategy game. Um I, I played a lot of that, but in terms of overall experience with strategy games, it isn't great, you know, it isn't a, a great vast amount. Um, and you mentioned a moment ago that the the newest iteration, being Civ Six, came out on uh, current current console generations. But where did you play this one? Um, this I played on my new laptop um, via Steam. Yes, and it was a bit curious because I went to buy this game and I searched on the Steam app and I couldn't find it. Um, so what came up was Civilization Six. I think maybe five came up, mm. but I couldn't find number four. I did a web search and I, I could find it there. So I had to buy it via the Steam website. And then once I bought it, it started downloading into my app. So I don't know if you had any curious things like that. Um, what I did was I just um, I just Googled it. I didn't buy it. I just, I just didn't buy it. No, I just, just you know, skip this one. But no, I, I googled it, um, and it just took me straight to the page where I needed to buy it, which was a lot easier than when we tried to play Civ Two, because from memory, that one was a bit of a pain to. That was to, a dedicated website um, where you played the game, but you didn't play it with all the um, all the bits, so it didn't <laughs> it didn't have any music. Um, but it was it was functional and it was free, and we love free. Cost- Yes, and this cost 10 great British pounds, which to me felt like a lot for a release from 2005. You know, it's mad that we're almost at the end of 2022 and give it a few more years, this game will be 20 years old. Um, Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit sick. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, basically playing this on on PC, on Steam. Um, So what what, what do you do in Civilization 4? What's the vibe? Um, so you start off with quite a few menus and you're basically setting up the game for yourself. You can set up the type of map, 
the difficulty, um, which civilization you want to play as. There's really a lot of um, variability in how you want to play this game. So it's really down to you how you want to play it. I um, I selected, I think just the, the, whatever the default difficulty was. Um, I went for Prince, I think, as 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 uh, my my landscape. I went for peaks, which was basically mountains and uh, like a mountainous region. Um, and I, I picked randomize for the civilization, just because there's a long list of civilizations. And I thought, well, let's see what I come out with. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to what the outcome of that was. But yeah, so so once you're in the game, you you build your your first city. And then you can kind of choose how you want to develop it. Then you might build some more cities. Then you might go to war with another civilization. And there's this kind of ranking of civilizations, and you can see how well you're doing. Um, you can you can make money. You can invest in culture, religion, um, writing, lots lots of different things. And I suppose the aim of the game is to create the greatest civilization. Um, mm. And time passes gradually uh year by year and your your civilization grows and grows and i suppose this is one of those games that you can really just play and play um i don't know if there is an end a stopping year i think you'd have to play for quite some time to get there but yeah it's, it, that that's basically it and, and the strategy is that you're trying to uh, be a better civilization than all the other ones yeah and d- depending how you play will really affect your civilization's longevity, I suppose. Um, you know, you, you can play this game as like an ultra-aggressive, um, you know, war machine that, that tries to take out all of the other civilizations within the realm, or you can be more of a focus on a culture, on arts, on that kind of thing, or just focus on your religion, and religion plays a big part in this this game, which I don't think it really did before too much. Um, but I, I also randomised, and my civilization was the English, um, funnily enough. So I got the English. I, I, I did kind of, when I kind of came to the end of my little journey playing this game, I did kind of wish that I'd done it as the Celts. Don't know why. Yeah. They just kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Um, and maybe the French as well to suck it up. I think there's a lot more civilizations that you can choose from in this game. Yeah, I think it's um, when looking it up. I think it's about twenty six. I'm not sure if that's twenty six with the inclusion of all of the um, the DLC stuff as well, because there's a couple of DLC games that came out for this, as well as um, like a side release called um, Colonization Four. Um, but I didn't look too much into that. So yeah, you you've kind of given the whole overview of what this game is it's about growing a civilization it's about you know growing your city choosing the way that you'll work whether or not you'll be aggressive whether or not you'll be peaceful and how your leader is viewed by the people and others around you so would you say that this game is is fun yeah for for what it is um, and if you're into this this kind of game, it is fun. It's entertaining. It's um, it's it's the kind of game that you can kind of play in the background, and and a lot of it is passive stuff. So you're you're clicking menus, you're clicking icons, and um, it's turn based. So you don't need to be actively playing this game. You don't need quick reactions or anything like that. 
So it's a good game to kind of play in the background. Um, but yeah, it, it is fun, and I could have probably sunk a lot more time into this if I had that time to sink into it. Yeah, it's the way that I would describe this game is it's kind of like a slow burner. I see this as like a Sunday afternoon kind of game. Um, it's something that you know if you do put a lot of time and a lot of attention into, you'll reap the the rewards. But it is also just a plodder. You know, you can just open this game up, see where it takes you. Um, and kind of go with the flow from there. I, I agree. It, it is fun for what it is, but what it is is incredibly niche. And I, I was going to listen to our Civ 2 episode ahead of recording this one, but I ran out of time because I've just been busy with work and stuff. Because you didn't want to put yourself to sleep. Because I didn't. Well, I feel that's a very unfair critique of our presenting style. I feel that we can make anything interesting. <laughs> um,. But I I can't really remember what we said about Civ 2, but I think we probably said something similar. The the issue with Civ 2 is that it's so much older than Civilization 4. And one of the things I'll say that Civ 4 has going for it is, yes, it's a game from 2005, but I think, obviously, it holds up a lot better than Civilization 2 does. I don't know about 3, because I've never really seen what it looks like, but this was the first game in the series that um, gave us 3D um, 3D graphics uh, and you know you've got the, the leaders of the different civilizations who are fully animated um, you've got a bit of voice acting in there as well, the music is pretty standout and I believe won a Grammy um, which I didn't oh, realise cool. until, um, <laughs> until actually researching it so but what did it win a Grammy for? good music <laughs> stuff I think um, I, I was. I was. That is, I was, that is the, the Grammy that everyone goes for. I that think. is. That's the one that Billie Eilish won. I think good music stuff. Um, but yeah, so th- there's there's a lot of a lot of elements to this game that I think if you really take the time to dig in and really learn, there's a lot that you can take away from it. And it's the, I suppose it's the blessing and the curse of this podcast because. The the thing that I find with with us recording this is sometimes you know we're working to you know if we're, if we're lucky a two week turnaround but usually it's it's about a week long and sometimes it isn't enough time to actually really delve into the the, the what's the word I'm looking for the basically really drill into it yeah the, the yeah the bones of the game. And this is one of those um, one of those games I feel where the more time that you put into it, the more that you'll get out. But as we've mentioned quite a few times, with where we're at in life, I suppose it is hard to to give time to a lot of these games or, or the amount of yeah. time that they they deserve. I suppose. I do think that. I mean, we're both in a very chaotic time at the moment and I don't know whether I'm coming or going. I don't know whether my brain is working and my... my <laughs> I don't know if my voice is coming out at the moment, but um, it will get better and we've got some very good games coming up and I think we did a really good Silent Hill 2 episode and I think we've got some good episodes coming up. So Apparently, Civilization Four won a Grammy in 2011. Um, and it was the game's theme music, Baba Yetu. 
Um, and, and to be fair... Probably in 2011? Yeah, apparently so. That is very strange. Six years after it... Well, yeah, six years after it came out. Yeah, no idea why. What, why it was that long after. But what, one thing I would I say... Have, to have a listen. Yeah, give it a little listen. I mean... The the one thing that I will say about this game is that I thought the music was was good. Again, it's not something that I'd be like, okay, I'd love to listen to this all day every day. But it, and again, it's not a it's not a soundtrack that I go back and listen to. You know, when I'm not playing it, because I know that's something that you like to do sometimes. Yeah. But I thought that it was well suited for. For, for the kind of game that it is. And like I say, this is a Sunday afternoon kind of game. Um, so we've kind of discussed it. Is the game fun? Were there any kind of favourite elements for you that stuck out? Um, I, th- I think there's a lot of quality of life improvements here mm-hmm. um, over number two. Yeah, and I agree. When other, I other than the, the game, fact that we had to pay for it to play it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. We're paying for those quality of life improvements. Outrage. So when... <laughs> When I when I started playing the game, I thought, oh, okay, they're gonna just drop you in and let you figure out what's what, like Civilization Two did, which it very much did. But no, this time, I I don't know, I don't know how to describe the quality of life improvements, but it just felt a lot easier to play, which I suppose is the sign of a good um, quality of life improvement in that you don't really think too much about it, but it's just easier to play. Um, it's easier to start to make progress and when you start to make progress you start to kind of explore a bit more and do different things see what the different actions do the interface seems to have had an overhaul so a favorite bit would just be that it's a bit more accessible a bit more easy to play and I'm sure they they made further strides with that in future games but definitely a, a big step forward for me over number two in terms of that interface um, that quality of life yeah um, how about you yeah I, I think that's a good point to bring up I mean f- for me I think it's how it's it's not really a gameplay element I suppose but it's kind of vibing off the fact that the way that you pl- like the way that everyone plays Civilization, they'll have a completely different experience so like my experience on how I played the game will be entirely different to how you played it because you might play it a little bit more diplomatically than I did, or you might play it a little bit more aggressively than I did. And depending on your actions and how you act in the world will really kind of change people's perception of you and how they will treat you. And I think that's a really cool aspect of this game because a lot of games nowadays, and we've said it before, a lot of AAA companies won't want you to go off and find your own adventure or do your own thing or X, Y, and Z because they've crafted a very particular and very specific path for you so that you'll see all the pretty things and think it's really cool. Whereas games like this, strategy games in general, um, I think it's there for you to make your own story and your own adventure, which is something I particularly enjoyed a lot more when I was younger. Uh, And again, when I had more time to take in these kind of these games but i think the fact that you're just kind of let go to you know make your own story make your own civilization um really so what was your um story and then i will tell you mine what was your 
from from what from what you played? What was I, your experience? I played it quite peacefully. Um, so, like I said, I picked up the English. Who who was your leader, by the way? Um, so I was uh, the Americans. I that was the randomised civilization that I got. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I got asked to name a leader. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, maybe maybe Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. I don't know who it was, to be honest. Maybe I wasn't paying much attention. But um, yeah, so I was the Americans. Okay, fair enough. You had Victoria, didn't you? Uh, no, so I had Elizabeth. Um, oh, because in my game, Victoria was uh, showing her head. Yeah, so in some... Um, so some civilizations in this game have one leader to choose from. Um, some have two and some have three. So with America, you've got um, you've got Abraham Lincoln, I think. I think you might have Washington. Uh, you've also got uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Might have Washington, actually, just because my, my starting city was Washington. Yeah, it might have been George Washington then. Um, but, you know, you've got different leaders that you can choose from. So mine was Elizabeth I. Um, and something else that kind of is separate to, to each civilization is the units that you have. So for you, I'm guessing it was the, the Navy SEALs um, being America. Um, I don't really know, but but I also seem to have some some, some Native Americans on, on my side. Okay. So, yeah, it seemed to be... Um, colonial Americans and Native Americans. That's Got what you. I s- saw, uh, anyway. Okay. So, for, for England, it was the Redcoats. Um, but the way that I I kind of tried to play it, I just tried to play it d- diplomatically. Like, I didn't really get involved in any uh, disputes or any fights or anything like that, mostly because I couldn't be bothered to actually, you know, get my ass whipped by the, uh, by the AI, which would have probably happened. Um... So I, I played it quite diplomatically. I just kind of kept myself to myself, and I lasted, um, you know, a good few years. And I grew my grew my sieve relatively widely, um, but I primarily focused on increasing the culture, um, increasing the units that we've got, and just growing it that way. Whereas, you know, when I played games like Star Wars Galactic Battleground Saga ten years ago, it'd be immediately like right. Let's get all the units, which in that game would have been like Jedi Padawans or Knights or Masters and a few heroes, and just go into, you know, massacre the Gungans or something. Um, but yeah, I, I played it quite slowly, quite diplomatically, and, and really just taking taking it as it came. What about you? Yeah, so I, as I said, I was America, and um, I started with Washington. I quickly built New York. Um, I also built um, Boston and I, I think I had six cities in the end and Queen Victoria was being a bit smarmy with me I considered going to war with her um, but I decided not to and then there was someone from South America that was um, quite polite with me so I, I kept the peace with him then Frederick from Germany came and he was being rude to me and uh he was being very rude to me. So, so you started uh, well, World War One. So, so I thought I'd go to war with Germany. Um, but nothing really happened. And so this lasted quite a few years. And I don't think my soldiers even came into contact with his. 
So then he said he wanted to make a peace treaty, so I made a peace treaty. And then we carried on. And mainly I was invested, <laughs> admittedly, because the background to this is in Civilization 2. Um, I think I had a couple of tries at that, and one of the times I got completely wiped out. Um, so I was fortifying and investing in military, and then I was investing in um, finance. I was building roads between my cities. And um, yeah, so I was, I was doing quite well in terms of the, the chain of civilizations. I was at the top by quite a significant margin. Um, but yeah, so, so I was uh, making it this fearsome nation, this fearsome civilization. And yeah, I just carried on playing that way. That's fair enough. Well, that, that, that's exactly it, isn't it? Like, if I'd have started as America, um, you know, maybe it would have been the case that I'd have got on fine with Germany and wouldn't have gone to war with it. That's that's the cool thing about this game. Everyone's journey is unique and different. Um, maybe you'd have gone to war with England. Maybe I'd have gone to war with it. No, I wouldn't do that. And I was tempted. I, I wouldn't have done that to our Victoria. Not, not to our king's great, great, great grandmother, I think. Are they are they even related? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I know that there's a different a different strain at some point. No, because um, oh yeah, that yeah that that goes back a few hundred years. Strain. But you've got um, so Charles's mother is Elizabeth, obviously. Elizabeth's father was George, King George. Yeah. Um, his father was also King George, and then I think before him. There was maybe another king, maybe, and then th- then it was Victoria, um, but she had like fourteen children or something. So most of uh, m- m- most of Europe's regal lineage stems back from Queen Victoria. Which there you go, you've learned something today. It might not be entirely accurate, but you've learned something, and that's what's <laughs> important. Um, yeah, anyway, it's interesting when you look at the different lines of royalty. In that, obviously, I'm. I'm a big fan of Richard III, the Shakespearean villain. Um, and his line died out with him. And I watched a documentary where they found his ancestor. And that ancestor was, uh, I think, was doing carpentry. And it's just funny to think that in a different timeline, that person could have been king. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting, the different lines of well, royalty in Britain. If if you go to World War One. Effectively, what it is is a load of cousins using their armies to fight each other, because I'm pretty sure that um, Tsar Nicholas II, who was the last Tsar of Russia before the revolution, he was cousins with um, what's Kaiser Wilhelm, who was the the leader of Germany in in 1914, who who were also cousins of the English, and that they were all linked by Queen Victoria. Um, Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, see, nice tangent to go on. Pe- people thought they were coming here for civilization. Instead, we're talking about history. That's what we're here for. So we've um, we mentioned briefly the, the the sound of this game and the music and the Grammy Award winning track Baba Yetu. Um, but in terms of the look of this game, what what do you think about it? Obviously, it is massively different from Civ Two, and we've said that it's come on leaps and bounds since that time. And this does look like a two thousand and five game. But what what do you think of the look? Do you think it stands out? Do you think it's it's all right, or could use improvement? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an improvement over um, over Civilization Two, um, which 
looks quite primitive by modern standards. Massively, I'd say. And one thing, it goes hand in hand with that quality of life stuff I mentioned earlier. The screen is a lot more readable um, Mm. and the visual cues are a lot more um, obvious. So you can you can kind of realize where the end of the map is and where you can go, where you can build cities, where you can interact with what your different troops are. It's all just a lot more readable for me. And um, for this type of game, for this style of game, I think that's really important. So I'm I mean I'm not going to say it, the the graphics blew me away or anything, but it was it was pleasing to look at and the graphics served the style of game. And sometimes that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and I, I think something else to point out here, you, you've mentioned kind of the quality of life stuff and the improvements from the older games, which you'd expect to see anyway, but something that I felt with this game that it was quite um, it was quite beginner-friendly. So, you know, there were lots of tips and, and guides on what to do and how to do stuff, which I appreciated because, as we said, we, sometimes with games on this list it's hard for us to put the amount of time required in to learn all of the, the ins and outs of it. Whereas when there is like a, not a tutorial because no one really enjoys tutorials and games, but ongoing commentary saying, you know, to do this, you need to do this or for this, you need to achieve this. I thought that was quite handy and it was something that I quite liked about this game. You can turn it off if you want to, but for someone like me, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I, I don't have to, it sounds silly, but I don't have to think as much. Um, yeah, because nobody likes thinking, ever. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Um, I did want to briefly mention comparisons. So, I think we've both said before we don't have too much experience with strategy games. But can you think of any games where you think, okay, I can draw some similarities there, or anything like that, potentially, other than with Civilization Two? Um. So you've got uh, the uh, Total War, is it? Total War series. Um, and uh, I can't think of any of their names. It's, it's the wrong the wrong day to ask me. Um, yeah, so I think it's the Total War series. And I think there's there's some other ones that are a bit like that that, um, that to me look similar. Uh, my brother used to play quite a few of these back in the day. Mm. Um, so so my... my only experience with them was seeing him play them. Shogun Total War. That's that's what the one I'm thinking of. Um, I've yeah, not heard so, of that one. Yeah, that was one that he used to play. And then I think that there are quite a few like Age of Empires stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so so yeah, there are other ones out there. Um, I I would be the person to ask um, for a comparison between them, but they're just other franchises. I'm familiar with i mean i'm not much of a strategy game person either but there are a few that i used to enjoy and i think you can get different strands of strategy game really because the the one game that this made me kind of want to play there's a game that i've got on my ipad uh, that you can also get on steam called democracy 3 um, and it's a strategy game and effectively what it is you choose the country that you're in charge of and you either become president or prime minister and it gives you this this huge um, this huge UI, and it's got like maybe I don't know seventy bubbles in it, and each bubble represents something that your government can control. So uh, you could go to uh, 
evolutionism versus creationism and you can choose what's taught more in schools whether it's more slanted towards creationism or whether it's um, evolutionism and then loads of lines will show up giving you an indication to what your change will affect Um, and you get so many points per turn and that turn is effectively a quarter um, in your term as prime minister or or, or president or whatever you are and it kind of made me think of that it's a bit different in terms of the graphics you know that there isn't a map or anything in, in democracy but it i don't know it's not a game that i can highly recommend but i i think it's quite a fun game um if you're in the right mood for it you know yeah is that some, something you fancy going to be president of france <laughs> You do a good I, job uh, I think I mentioned in the well, I definitely mentioned in one of the other strategy game episodes because we also played Company of Heroes, um, and we also played uh, what was the futuristic the, 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 the Starcraft. One? Starcraft, yeah. So we also played that uh, Starcraft Two, I think it was. It was. Um, so a strategy game I'm fond of, which is kind of probably a bit of uh, blasphemy for true hardcore strategy gamers is uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. It's just uh, great fun. Just like really entertaining and there's strategy to it and yeah and the new one came out this year so I will be getting that hopefully for Christmas as Christmas is uh, is drawing near. Yeah, you've mentioned that one to me before. I, I, I can't really say that it appeals to me at all. Um, but It's surprisingly entertaining. And that's your Christmas Day sorted then, isn't it? <laughs> what a treat. Okay, so question of the week. I wanted to kind of draw on some of the other games in this series um, because it's kind of... We, we've got two games on this list from the Civilization series, Civ 2 and Civ 4. And in terms of common stance, I suppose... A lot of people consider Civilization 4 to be the best Civilization game. Now, okay. that doesn't mean that it's the best, but I think it's held in the highest regard. And if you look at Civ 5 and 6, on Metacritic, Civ 5 is at 90%, and Civ 6 is at 88%. So, I, I suppose the question is, what do you think a game from 2005 can potentially do better than a game released in the last few years in the same series? Like, what would make an older game stand out in comparison to a game that's, you know, up to current specs and and stuff like that? What makes an older game like that stand out? And it doesn't have to be Civilization, but just in general. Um, Without nostalgia. We talked, qual- we, talked, we talked about quality of life and... Um, making things uh, more straightforward for newcomers. Mm. And I do think sometimes games can take it too far. So I'm not sure if it's the case with the Civilization games, but sometimes certain games find a sweet spot between kind of easing new new players in, but also appealing to that more... Um, rigid hardcore demographic and 
those are those are the people that will come back and play these games time and time again and um, those are the ones that tend to be critical and um, critique these games probably more than those people that, that, that dabble with them casually so I think sometimes that can affect perception sometimes a game comes out and it kind of hits that sweet spot and games aren't able to reclaim that I mean you see all the time I mean look at Diablo I mean we played on the the, the, the I can't speak I've forgotten how to speak the Diablo I, games I, we yeah, we we played one of the Diablo games. Did we play number one? It was number one, wasn't it? Yeah. So we played Diablo one, and if you know anything about the Diablo series, it's kind of the, the conversation around them is that they have declined in quality, and I think a big reason for that series is because there there has been an introduction of um, microtransactions, yeah, pay to win stuff. So some of those modern tendencies that we see um, don't always play nicely with critique. And I, th- I think that's also a factor. And again, I'm not sure if that's the case with civilization. But modern doesn't mean better um, for, for for those reasons listed. And uh, there, there are probably more, more reasons. There's probably a, a vast number of reasons why many, many series can't reclaim their glory days um, hmm. what do you think I, th- I think I'd probably agree with you um, there are there are elements of modern games that people don't like like you say microtransactions all of the rubbish business things being put into games I think people don't want to deal with and I think for a game like Civilization, because it really from what I imagine, because I've not played Civ 3, but in comparison to Civilization 2, it really upped the scale. And I think when a game really leaps forward in terms of what it does and what it can offer in comparison to its older iterations, I think that makes it memorable and it makes it a fan favourite. Like All you've got to do is look at Ocarina of Time. So... Ocarina of Time is the number one rated game of all time. And if you think about it, the, the, the game that came out previous to Ocarina of Time, I think, was was it A Link to the Past? Yeah, A Link to the Past. And you look at the comparison between A Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time, and it's massive. And I think that's a big element of why that game is held in such high standard, as well as the fact of when these these um, reviews came out, they're in a, seat, a sweet spot, kind of late 90s to the mid to late noughties when games were really becoming something of their own and I think you know this this game is a case of right time right place but also look at what we used to be and look at what we've become and that's what sticks with people and rightly or wrongly I think a part of it is nostalgia but at the same time there are other elements elements in there as well um, if that makes sense well, consider one of your favourite series. For example, let's think about um, Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, generally speaking, the, the the thought behind Final Fantasy is that it hasn't quite managed to reclaim, um, again, those glory days, even though it's, it's come close at times. Um, so what do you think the story is there? Well, I think, so f- for me, I, I see the glory days of Final Fantasy not just in, from my own opinion, but from general consensus, 
is most people's favourite Final Fantasy game will either be um, 6, 7, or 10, usually. And if you think of it, I think what 6 was in comparison to 5, I think there were some small jump-ups in comparison, but when you compare 6 to 7, 7 was the first 3D game, it was the first game that wasn't on a Nintendo system, it was... Um, it was released on disc. It was it was three discs long, and it was absolutely a million times more impressive than what six was um, technically, because of of you know the the step up in hardware. So that's why I think Final Fantasy VII is regarded in such high um, like high position, as well as you know story elements, gameplay. But then you use Final Fantasy X as a point to look at. And the difference between 9 and 10, it's there. I don't think it's as obvious as the difference between 6 and 7. Because I mean we've we've both played we've both played both games. We've both played 9 yeah. and 10. And we played 9 well, for see, the podcast. I think, I think there's quite a big leap between those two for me. 9 and 10. Um, yeah. Uh, so Obviously, voice acting. Yes, it's all, yeah, and obviously it's all relative. And but I, th- I think the CGI in Ten was just mind blowing, and um, the the graphics technologically, yes, it may not look like as big of a leap, but it was quite a big leap yeah, at the time. Hundred percent. PS Two game. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all relative. It's all subjective, and. I can see, I can see, I mean, I, I really like 10 and I can see why people do like 10. Um, and, and I think you're right, those are the three games that people tend to gravitate towards. And then obviously 13 came out, 12, people people like that. I'm not as big a fan of 12. Um, 13 came out on the then current gen consoles of PS3 and 360. And that's when I felt the conversation started to change a bit and there was a question is Final Fantasy relevant in the modern day? I think they've they've managed to claw that back a bit, um, but we'll see what the future releases hold for it. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got zero interest in the upcoming Final Fantasy game. But with that being said, I really enjoyed Fifteen. Um, I thought Fifteen was really good. So it, it is a weird one, but yeah, I th- I think it, it it's a number of reasons, isn't it? Coming back to the question, it's, it's different for every every series, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, with that being said, then we've played Civ two, we've played Civ four, and we're not playing any more Civ games for this list. So, firstly, do you think this game deserves its position? And secondly, if you could only choose one game for for the list um, between two or four, which would it be? I think I already know the answer to that, but yeah, four four is an easy win for that one. Yeah, um, for me, and. Yeah, I, I think I think so. I, I think the list benefits from having variation, and you do tend to see many many similar games. You don't get many strategy games on the list, and I think it appeals to that demographic of people. And as a strategy game, I can see why it appeals to people. So yeah, I think it deserves to be there, probably around that place. And I think it supersedes two for me. Um, what do you think? Yeah, same. I'd, I'd I'd say four over two, just because of, you, you know, it's the question of would you choose Ocarina, <coughs> Ocarina of Time 
over Link to the Past, like Ocarina of Time, um, because you know it it come on so much in leaps and bounds, and that's the same thing with with Civ Two and Civ Four. So yeah, Civ Four over Two. Um, yes, I think the best strategy game that we've played on this list because I don't think we've got any more strategy games to do, have we? I think this is the last one, really. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's it. So surprise games. We, we we've played a few. You know, we've played Diablo. We've played um, uh, Baldur's Gate. We've played. Uh, C- Company of Heroes, StarCraft, Civilization, and for me, th- for me, the best strategy game that we've played on this list would be Company of Heroes. I thought. Yeah, that I don't w- think. I, th- I think strictly speaking, um, Borders Gate and Borders Gate Two, and um, Diablo are not considered strategy games. I think they're considered CRPGs. Um, yeah, I suppose so. So I wouldn't include though. I mean, Diablo, you could even argue, is an action RPG. Um, but yeah, so I think of the other ones, I would probably agree with you. I think Company of Heroes, Company I think, has been the best Heroes one. Was, yeah, it was was the best one. It was that one surprised me more than the other ones. Yeah, I say. and I, I was very meh about um, Starcraft Two. I was yeah, I was very meh about Starcraft Two. It was all right, but it wasn't really for me. Um, and if I could only have one RTS game on, or or. Um, save yeah. it, save it, save it, because we've got we're going to do an episode towards the end where we do that. So, so the answer to that is, if I could only have one RTS game on the list, it would be none of your business Shoot until it would be none of your business for a few months. Yeah, yeah. So mind your own business. Um, but yeah, I think this game probably deserved to be on the list. Um, it was good. It's just like I said at the start, it's hard to talk about games like this when you've already talked about another one in the series when they're so similar. Um, but I think and we're not the target demographic, are we? No, and I think in this conversation we've tapped into quite a few things that this game does well, um, and is is noteworthy. But this is a difficult one to talk about, um, and particularly when you do the start with the civilization where you've got Mister Blobby as a leader. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's our lead up every week. That yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, you know, and the Mr. Blobby is our editor. Yeah, and, and, and the city in that civilization is, is Noel Edmund's house. So, um, yeah, there, there, there's two blobby references for you in this episode. But, yeah, that's that's Civ Four. So, bit of a bit of a difficult one to cover, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't dislike this game. So, yes, where are we next time, please? We've already announced it in the Silent yeah, Hill 2 episode. So, remind us... We've revealed um, last last episode during the Silent Hill 2 episode that we are going to be doing um, the next episode on The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which is going to be coming out in two weeks to allow for your move and for my life to calm down a bit. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> That's all you've got to say about that. That is. Well... We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at longshortfit at hotmail.com. We're on social media at the Long and Short of It podcast. If you like this episode or this series, you know, please consider following, subscribing, rating us. We much appreciated so we can get into more people's ears, but not in a weird way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as usual, that's all from me. Is there anything else from you? 
No, that's it from me. Lovely. Well, we'll see you next time for Zelda Twilight Princess. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.